1: Welcome. I was gonna say welcome back to another episode of the Juan Juan Podcast, but this is not <laughs> another episode of the Whole on Juan Podcast. This is the first ever Shadow Band Syndicate. Number one. Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Welcome. Yo. This means disappointment, so I'll play it for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we started this show because why did we start the show, Joe? Because you guys wanted to branch out, talking about more of the occult, esoteric stuff. Because your show is very different than the regular show. It's more news oriented, geopolitics, modern times type of thing. And you guys mix it up every now and again. Sometimes we we'll do a presentation, but you wanted to chop it up strictly occult and esoteric topics. And yeah, what's our goal here, bro? Tell the
2: people a little bit. What and and who move. else to bring into the esoteric stuff? But. The homunculus king himself, you
3: know what I mean? Like You can't, <laughs>
2: you can't, you can't no, do I think, that without one.
3: I think for sure, uh, just linking up with you, the past, I mean, I don't know how many months now, but, you know, we got a good uh, chemistry, all three of us, and I think it was just inevitable we were going to do something together, and then we started talking about it, and we were like, hey, let's do a podcast, and then let's just really key in on these occult aspects, uh, a lot of that area that Sean and I touch on some, um, but we don't get to do it consistently. When the stakes <laughs> are high at work. And if we start doing this, um, we could do this consistently once a month with you. And this is what you uh, play in a lot. Uh, I, I delve into this myself a lot. Uh, Sean and I have a good balance on our show. Uh, he's uh, really good with geopolitics. Um, I delve into more of the occult aspects, uh, but we both rub off on each other at this point. So a lot of times he's bringing we both in rub each other off. Stuff. What? <laughs> hey, hey!
1: <laughs> my bad, bro. I had to, man. You, you say yourself up for that one, but yeah, no, no, definitely. I, I like the you guys' flow and Sean, if you were to tell me what does Yahoo or you who look like, I wouldn't even be able to tell you. All right. That's just like how <laughs> disconnected I am from that realm. But that's the beautiful part about the community. We all have our own fortés, and we come together. We join forces, like the Power Rangers, or you know, what I'm saying, like we we come together and we just make it happen.
2: Make it that much more of a of a banger. Bang! Yeah, and I was feeling a little bit like you know, get the band back together type of deal. You know what I mean? Like. so <laughs> It was like, yeah, I I like that. And just to say some crazier stuff, you know what I mean? Talk about some uh, uh, and just have the three personalities break down things in a different way. You know, we're all Mm going to look through a different lens. And I think those different minds melding together, you know what I mean, is really what you get a good product as far as like what people want to hear. And I think uh, people love to hear craziness, man. Definitely. Yeah, we're going to be talking today about,
1: I'll be honest, I messed up on this subject because we could have actually done, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different methods of ascension or mythology for ascension. And what that means is when I grew up Christian Pentecostal Christian, I was always taught you do good in this life and we're going to go to heaven. Well, what happened? How do you get there? Well, you're a good Christian your entire life. You go to church, you accept Jesus in your life. That's the main thing. You have to accept Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. And then when you die, you will go to heaven. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They always told me, I was like, there's going to be cities of gold. You're going to have this mansion. It's going to be 24-7 praising Jesus. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a good time. And that's what I was taught up growing up my entire life. And... I still believe that once we expire, we go on to another realm of consciousness Another, uh, we're transmuted. If, if you, if we, for those that believe in science, it, energy cannot be created nor destroyed. It can only be transformed. Therefore we are energy. We are, you know, there, there's energy here and that one, once it's, it's trans, it's transmuted from one form to the other. It's going to go on. And uh, Joseph Lumpkin, which I've told you guys about, he has a very interesting theory as to the origins of demons and these spirits that are trying to stop mankind from doing things. Some people call them the Archons. Other people call them the Djinn, whatever it is that are in the background working. And what he was saying was pre-Diluvian You know, the Nephilim, the giants, everybody was, you know, they were they were (laughs) cocaine's a hell of a drug. You know, they're doing all this crazy stuff, partying it up. They're having orgies. And then they start inserting themselves into the the daughters of men and then into the animals and all these crazy things are happening. Well, when Noah built his ark and the great flood came through, well, he killed off all those Nephilim and the spirits. Of those Nephilim are what created the demons or diamonds, whatever you want to call them, that we know today, these forces that are in the background, which is a very interesting, it's his book, The Origins of Evil. And it's a very interesting idea because it's true. If we do follow seance, the science, they talk about the energy just transforms into different forms of and we know that with water, right, vapor, solid, all these different things. And we truly don't know what happens to ourselves once we die off. So I wanted to talk about ascension and it goes, I brought up the Merkaba because I've heard people talk about it before. And I think it's kind of cool. The idea that your soul has some sort of car or a chariot and a lot of the, the most ancient, I think that's what the platonic solids served the purpose. It was ways of transporting the consciousness in these I think it goes back to sacred geometry and, and that's the role that plays because these things are used. And I always talk about this mandalas or sigils where people meditate on them and they're able to insert themselves into these things. Right. And a lot of people say that, and I have a Metatron's cube here. It's a, it's a coaster that I made. And some people say that I've heard my friend, Emily Moyer, say that people with these tattoos of sacred geometry, (laughs) Are more susceptible to demonic possession because these are gateways for these entities to come in through. Now, if you believe that or not, I don't well, know. I have no
2: tattoos, So I'm straight. Anyways, I'm good, man. They can't do nothing, yeah. man. Over here. It's not coming through <laughs> anywhere, man, man. Nowhere. Through that booty no hole, bro. No. no means no. <laughs> That's some Aleister Crowley. Like, uh, you know, you're possessed by Aleister Crowley. If you go, Oh, <laughs> you know, you get a little, <laughs>
1: a little jolt, a little jolt there, yeah, yeah no, definitely. But that, that's just something she said, which I found interesting because she yeah. said that she was in the EDM scene for a while, and you know how those people. They start. So she saw things. She told me she saw things when she was in that circle, which right comes from personal experience. So Merkaba, it started. It starts off with, and I'll, and I'll pass it on to you, Joel, where it's the the famous Ezekiel's vision, where he sees chariot the wheel and, and this can go a lot of different ways because this is also attributed to the whole ancient astronaut theory of what did Ezekiel see did he see a spaceship a spacecraft or some sort of ufo which we know they're hot today because of the, in the media right they're talking about the the balloons imagine if you described a balloon bro how crazy would that be it's like you know it's round and it had some sort of is that a, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, man, was that a floating titty? Like, you
2: know what it's a floating titty, man. No, man, what do you mean there's a float? man? You didn't see that shit?
3: Yeah. No, for, no, for sure, man. As far as uh, Ezekiel's wheel goes, I, I think, I, obviously, the ancient astronaut stuff, they're always going the UFO route. I I think more angelology, and you know how I feel about all the biblical stuff. Um, I go more into that realm when you start breaking down, you know, what these different angels were. And if anybody doesn't know, there's like a hierarchy of angels. It starts with the seraphim, the cherubim, thrones— um, those three are actually depicted in this Ezekiel's wheel. And you go further down, you got dominions, virtues, powers, or authorities, principalities, archangels, and then guardian angels. So that's kind of the hierarchy of angels and angelology. But when you're talking about how it works with the wheel and what Ezekiel saw, he basically saw like three cherubs. Um, or the Hayat he- angels, and they 've got four different faces uh man, lion, ox, and an eagle, some say like a raven um head there um, and they create a box structure around uh what 's supposed to be what carried you know uh Yahweh or god um, and the seraphim are also a part of this as well it 's a third type, and they're like continuous fire flashes. They're ascending and descending around this. But I guess where the wheel part is in this UFO part that people always talk about, um, that's going to be the thrones. Those are the aphanum. Basically, uh, the wheels of Gagalan, fiery flames. They basically have a bunch of eyes that cover all of these wheels. And they're moving and, and constantly uh, rotating. So this is what a lot of times people say, you know when they have those ancient, like, paintings from the renaissance even before that where you'll see like a strange uh looks like a ufo in the background of some of these paintings of like jesus or whatever else Uh, a lot of people think that they're depicting ufos when really they're depicting these often these uh these uh, throne wheels um which are are show up consistently um throughout so again i'm not too big on the ufo part of it Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. I mean, sure. You know what I mean? I mean, I I think that if you're looking at something that you can't describe, you're going to try to describe it the best way you can. Um, But if you're going to go the angelology route, that's my personal opinion just from a biblical standpoint. Um, Also, just side note. You got me like really hard earlier, wine. When you bust us straight out with Nephilim, like right out the yeah. gate, like like come on, man, like like literally, we're we're like five minutes in this. You're talking about Nephilim dying. Made your nipples hard, bro. Demonic, and I'm like, dude, I'm all in with that. You know how I feel about that whole that whole theology right there. So that's that is in my mind a fact. That's where that's what demonic entities are are these spirits of the Nephilim that died out. Matter of fact, in the Bible, it talks about how. Um, God put a cap on life at 120 years. That was to stop the Nephilim from living forever because the first generation of Nephilim uh, had a lot of attributes like their fathers did. So they were able to have eternal life. And that was part of being able to put that cap on them. And that's part of the reason those spirits were around, not just the ones that died during the deluge, but uh, the ones after that too. But back to the uh, wheels, Um, you know, before we get into the, the Merkabah, Part of it, because really the Merkaba mysticism is a little bit different than really your hard-lined Jewish scholars and really anybody that's really studying the Bible. It's a little bit different. So it's it's actually there. It's it's these ways to ascension. Like the masa Merkaba is really interesting too, man. When you talk about it's like a, a literal. They go through these phases to ascend. And they during these phases, seven uh, different levels, too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And seven. There you go. Seven. That does consistently come up when you're talking about ascension. Right. Um, But like even to get past the first phase, it's like 40 days. You have to fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, You got to eat bread with salt. Uh, no unclean food, 24 immersions, Uh, you can't look at any colored garments, eyes must be cast to the ground, but like 40 days, you got to do this. And this will get you in touch with like this first angel presence, where you have to, and there's all these other formulas and prayers and rituals uh, that you have to do. And you have to do these have to quote these utterances 12 utterances um to get to even in the zone of this angel presence now my personal opinion i don't think this is necessarily like like the right kind of angels but that's just my that's my personal opinion on this i don't know what they're ascending to here because that's that's not really from a but isn't it kind of
2: just like the whole like fasting and like when i think of that kind of stuff it's like we're putting our body like if you don't sleep enough, right, if you don't eat enough, if you don't drink enough water, you're going to hallucinate. You're going to you can give yourself mm-hmm. hallucinations. And I think a lot of times people are doing that. And maybe that is a way of connecting within yourself. But like it always just seems like they're just depriving themselves and kind of hurting themselves to get to this edge. You know what I mean? It feels like, hey, man, I feel just feel like there's a better way, man. Just pick up the phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't got to do all that. Like, yeah. I just pick up the phone and be like, yo, what up, God? You know what I'm saying, man? He's like, you good, man? I'm just good, man. Just chilling. But I did notice that with the uh, the Merkaba it was really, when I first started looking into a lot of it, Um, it was saying everything that was taking me to was like a lot of new age stuff. Mm-hmm. I had like a lot of new age, yes. and meditation, Uh, you know, like uh, bettering Chakra. yourself. Yeah, chakras and all that. Like, that's where like immediate it took me to. And that's why I started thinking about all that because. Mushrooms, LSD, uh, people depriving themselves to get to these head states so they could see these things. You know how a lot of people believe that Moses didn't see a burning bush, but maybe he was just, they were eating mushrooms. And they saw, you know, like they, now whether the mushrooms made him see it, the hallucination that was from God or, you know what I mean? Or he actually saw it, that could be debatable. But I mean, it makes sense that a lot of these areas like have a lot of different kind of fungi and different kind of hallucinogens and people are taking them. And I I believe that sometimes people mistake that for spirituality or, or, or ascension or whatever. Mm. It's just like a lot of the drug use.
1: And and that's been a debate for a very long time. I mean, for example, Enoch, Mm -hmm. he was one of the few people to, uh, to go with God without actually dying. There was also another one. Do you know the other one, Joel? Who was it? Oh, he does.
3: Uh, Elisha.
1: Elisha. So, it, so this has been a debate, and I wanted to bring up, and I'm going to try and say it. So, Kushin Butsu, which, because you're talking about these guys are fasting for 40 days and all this stuff. Did you see recently? I saw an article, I think it was today or yesterday where a guy actually died trying to fast for 30 days or something or 40 days similar to how oh, Christ he died he 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 passed away from trying to do it but dude this sōkushin butsu is a practice that Buddhists do where they mummify themselves alive bro mm. so talk about discipline wanting to achieve and get to the Godhead at whatever, whichever way possible. Even if that means quite literally mummifying yourself to the point where, dude, can you imagine? It takes (laughs) them three years. I'm going to pull this up here. It takes them three years.
3: Hey, and before any of the listeners kill me, Elisha and Elijah were together. Elisha stayed. Elijah told him to, Elijah went to heaven. Was up in a whirlwind.
2: Okay. Well, so we'll delete sure that comment, that. guys. Delete that. Del- comment. Yeah. So backspace, backspace.
1: <laughs> Before
3: down. Relax,
2: guys. Relax. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sometimes I'll do that where I'll be looking for something during an yeah. episode and then I'll bring it up later. So you'll see the comment like, it's. Dry! And then <laughs> you'll see that. They're like, oh, okay, he got it. He got it. It's, it's yeah, all good. Yeah. It's all good. I think, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that's always been so, so. So these guys are trying to they're they're trying to do something else. It's a it's a meditative practice where they're literally. But uh, what I wanted to point out about this is how hardcore some religions and some belief system practices are willing to go in order to achieve their end goal. Now, the the Book of Enoch is a perfect example. It's like oh, what did he do? Why was he picked? You know what was so special about him? And then you have Ezekiel, but. One thing I noticed, and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about today, check this book out. It's called Stairway to Heaven by Peter Lavenda, Chinese alchemist, Jewish Kabbalist, and the Art of Spiritual Transformation. And I only took a few notes in it. So <laughs> this, there's always this idea that they are excommunicated, that, that they are exiled. They're roaming these vast landscapes, and they're confronted with this thing, this... This dilemma, and that's when either the angel presents himself to you, and then Ezekiel, I believe it was he, he thought that he was exiled for whatever reason. Now I'm not 100 on the on the whole lore there, but that that I saw that as part of the Da
3: Vinci. The same thing happened to Da Vinci. So Leonardo da Vinci was on like a uh, exile, if I'm correct. Uh, he went on like some sort of exiling as well. He was gone for like a year, and this is when he supposedly. Had contact with UFOs um, I know it's, Bro, like, it's what? An ancient, ancient astronauts theories yes I, I've, I've definitely seen some stuff about this Watch documentary about it You have to do the uh, what? Ancient astronauts right? yeah. yes. So <laughs> I just think that's interesting though If we're talking about characters that Have big sway on public or, mm. or Opinion or you know Apparently that's how he um, Came back with A lot of the Drawings He had of different flying machines and different, you know, because he was an inventor as well. Yeah. So he had a lot of different uh, uh, drawings about a lot of vehicles and stuff. And that's just where he got it from, apparently. Hmm. So it's interesting. I don't know necessarily if it's UFO or if it's aliens. I think it was some entities. I think he definitely had contact with entities. Um, that's, a, that's a huge possibility. It just made me think about that. This was a long time ago when I saw this documentary, too, by the way. But it made me think about that. Um, these exiles or these people that leave for a while and then come back and say they had some sort of contact and then they have all this, this thing knowledge
1: the da Vinci conspiracy it's a, I think it's an episode of ancient aliens the da Vinci conspiracy is that what you saw? yeah 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 for real we
2: need that I, sound effect Ancient, <laughs>
3: ancient astronauts <laughs> theorists say, yeah. yes. It yeah. is. Apparently, he was gone for I don't know if it was a year or longer. I honestly, Juan, man, this is probably ten years ago when I watched this, but uh, I remember them talking about that's when he came back with all of these mm, ideas, inventions, and-, and knowledge. It was because he talked to these quote unquote entities. Now, obviously, the ancient aliens are going to go the route of the uh, there. There you go. There's one of them right there. The Af- the them Or it's like some people say UFOs. This thing, yeah, this thing back here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they say, uh, the ancient alien theorists want to say that that's a UFO, um, but more of your biblical scholars say that's an aphanum. That's one of the wheels of the Ezekiel. Interesting. So
1: I trace this back to, obviously, Sumer, Mesopotamia, because you always have the seven. And it starts out with, I'm trying to pull it up here have a whole bunch of different tabs open but in sumer which we know the fertile crescent the old you have the anunnaki and all these the seven Mm -hmm. gods of decree again back to that seven symbolism there is a poem and it's got to do with this i'm gonna gonna butcher these names arishkigal mesopotamian mythology Goddess Kerr, the lore, the, the land of the uh, the dead of the underworld, and Sumerian mythology. And there's this particular Inanna, which I believe was her sister. If I can... Oh,
3: so that's sip... so crazy, man. I literally have a bunch of notes about Inanna as well.
1: So, yeah, one of her siblings is Inanna. And there, pretty much is is a story of her going into the underworld to bring uh-huh. one of her lost one of her lovers back. I believe
3: it was she goes through seven phases.
1: Seven phases. She has to take off seven different pieces of clothing until she's nude. And again, it goes mm-hmm. back to this number seven. I also came across various various stories of. Because the merkaba what you were saying, Sean, it, it has a lot to do with like new age meditation, visible you visualize that you're inside this upside down triangle with another one and you know you're supposed to there's like seven different breaths that you do. And I read all of them just like whatever. I mean I sure. I've I've had friends who do the Wim Hof breathing techniques and they say that they go into trans like states. But it's like how you're saying, Sean, you you pointed out a great point where it's like you're depriving your brain of oxygen. You're depriving Mm -hmm. your body of nutrients. So you're going to start to hallucinate and you're going to start to see things. So when you're doing all these breathing exercises, you're going to probably hallucinate. And I've had friends who've done it and they said that they hallucinated. So it's the same thing with the Merkaba. And you get into this trans like state where you're able to blast off into space or something, whatever it is. But one of the ones that stood out to me was the Taoists. There was a sect of Taoism where, and that's internal alchemy and in, in Chinese internal alchemy, where they would quite literally do these breathing exercises. And I'm real big on talismans and amulets and everything. And they're from them doing these breathing exercises. It's like that, whatever it was, and they're tightening their, their muscles and everything, their saliva becomes a talisman to take they believe that their saliva became the talisman to take them into these other states of consciousness because essentially at the core this is about transporting the consciousness to another realm where does it go we don't know i my dad died four times and when i asked him i said hey bro what'd you see on the other side my dude You died four times you were out for 45 minutes what'd you see nothing what that's wild bro you died four and i won not four times you can't see nothing he's like he's like i remember going to sleep and then waking up
2: it's like when you pass out and Hmm. and then what do they mean when they say dead though like right like that's just by uh vital signs right like whatever they consider Right. Like what our medical fields have considered to be, mm-hmm. hey, he's not alive anymore. Sometimes I think that that, too, I'm going to play devil's advocate on the other side, though, because I think that some of that technology is like not that it's not that that they're really dead. But I think people use words that are not always like truthful, kind of. You know what I mean? Like they're like, yeah, he was dead. And you're like, well, was he like, was he completely like, does that mean or like your body? Because sometimes I think, too, because, you know, when you go into a dream, if you fall asleep. Uh, The first 40 minutes, you're not going to remember anything. You know, you're not going to have anything. So maybe you're – maybe he's, like, shutting down. I, again, I'm speculating. You know what I mean? Obviously, I don't know. But well, you're shutting like down
1: four times, like, gone.
2: Yeah. Like, no heartbeat or nothing? Like None. that's why He was gone, bro. Damn, that is crazy. That's though. crazy. I it. It, but I'm saying is what if that was just the initial, like, he doesn't see it right away because his soul didn't ascend or his consciousness didn't ascend. So you're in that little – I guess you could call it like a purgatory, but you'd still be in like your mind or your, your meat suit or whatever. And you're, you probably can't just, it's like uh, when you're born, right. When you mm-hmm. first look the eye, you know, the light, you're like, ah, like, I think it's probably similar like that, you know, except times a million. I think that part of it
1: is that he doesn't have a spiritual bone in his body. So I think he wasn't maybe, and maybe it wasn't his time to go because obviously he's still here. Yeah. But maybe he wasn't attuned to that frequency that he needs to be Mm. on. Because you can't just talk to anybody about these topics that we're talking about now. You can't just go around at a party and be like, Do you know that the Anunnaki... Uh, created and they this is what were, party you're at though, too. Yeah, yo, yeah, yeah. who's throwing the party you know what i mean but like sometimes i'll catch myself and people be like like this past week i had a long weekend because my 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 son just turned five and one of the guys there we had like a, a party with his friends from school and one of the dude one of the dads there from his one of his friends worked at lockheed martin so I was like, "Yo, can, oh, great. You, can you talk about what you do, bro? You know." What I'm and here I am with a 101 podcast T-shirt. I was like, "Yo, can you <laughs> yes. talk about what you do?" He's like, "I just do property management." I was like, "Oh, so no aliens, no nothing, bro, no UFOs." You know? He's like, "No." What you man. got? Yeah, I was trying to get some stuff on, him, but he he was not he was not having I've been it.
3: Studied the Merkaba and like, are you ascending people? out Yeah. There? <laughs> but
1: it, so it goes back to the seven, always the seven gods the seven stars the seven garments the seven levels right the seven steps you even have but in- eight
3: too, though one if you look at the the merkaba the sides of the actual like the star of david but the eight like the the, the G, like the uh 3d version right it's the eight sides so like it actually ties into not only seven but eight as well, because if you look at the eight sided star, it represents Ishtar from Babylonian culture, which also ties into Inanna in Sumerian culture, which those are supposed to be the same goddesses just by different names, because, you know, Babylonians kind of borrowed a lot from Sumerian culture. Um, also, the Egyptians believe that an eight sided star represents the eight. Deities for male and female go- gods. They were known as the ogdoad So there's like mm. a bunch of names. Like I'm not gonna like name off here. Like Nu and uh, Neonet, uh, Hey Hut, and they all had. They all did different things. So each one of them had like uh, like Nu and Neonet represented like sky and water and then you had another version that represented prim- primordial darkness but all of it was about essential uh, like ascension so you've got this seven you got the seven like these seven layers that they always have to go to right mm-hmm. you got even the seven stars like you mentioned seven levels to ascension but then you've got this eight that comes into play too which if you know anything about eight it ties into the loop which could be uh infinity and Uh, If you turn it on its Mm -hmm. side, so a lot of that plays into this Ascension model of reoccurring history, how things kind of repeat itself. So I kind of noticed that, too, in with the sevens. There was a lot of eight numerology as well when I was digging on this because that's the thing about the Star of David that people don't know. When you look at the Merkabah Star, it's different. It's 3D version, so it's got like extra... Um, points, because they come out in the middle as well, if you look at that full 3D uh, version of it. Um, but yeah, when I started digging on what that meant, then I started going down the rabbit hole of what all these other cultures had, too, when it came to like eight points, eight stars, um, in with the seven levels of ascension, uh, which was interesting, too. So yeah, I mean... I think,
1: because I... one of the other ones I, I ran through, uh, past was... And I, I think it's want to say Hindu could be wrong. I'll look it up here in a second, but was the seven chakras, right? Aligning uh-huh. them because it all goes back to the big dipper and the little dipper or some major and or some minor, which I know you guys had Mario from symbolic studies on, which he can break that down for you way better than I yeah. ever could, yeah. but it's something about, Remember, because in these occult circles, it's always about the microcosm and the macrocosm. So they believe that at the north, right, the north was where the soul would go to travel. And by emulating that within yourself, so this certain sect of, I'll I'll find, I think it's Hinduism. They would want to illuminate, because we have the kundalini and all that, the seven chakras in order to emulate the seven stars. And by you illuminating the stars within yourself, the stars up there are illuminating, you are able to pass on to the next level of existence, whatever that means. Because it's always funny that we talk about all these things and we do all this research, but we don't ever truly know <laughs> what it means or how to use it because I'm for I'm not a practicing occultist. Some people are... And it, even though i have people hit me up all the time I'm like hey dude i have this generational curse and i'm trying to break it what can i do and i'm just like bro i'm just i just got a podcast man i don't research, right? yeah. <laughs> no,
3: i feel you man i mean i used to practice the occult i used to meet guys that were way better at me at it though and i just coming from a background of that and talking to entities and having those experiences that's why I believe how I believe now in, in, in a biblical route, only because I've seen entities act a certain way and talk about certain things a certain way. And I'm not saying they can't be tricksters either, and everybody's got their own path to find of how they're going to meet God, right? Like, I, I'm not sitting here trying to preach to anybody, but I just know from my personal experience what brought me around full circle um, to a, a biblical light, uh, just for me anyway. But, but Juan, it's very interesting you brought up uh, Hindu. Uh, culture, because I've been going down some really crazy, uh, and you can Shanel, he's probably tired of hearing me talk about, it, but I've been going deep dives about old Earth and and a lot of uh, ancient civilizations. But and not to in, cut ancient- you
1: off, bro, but here I found it here. So it's the the seven centers or the seven chakras. So what mm-hmm. we have is an attempt to externalize the chakra system, projecting it onto the cosmos, which may be a reflex of an attempt to internalize the seven stars of the Dipper. Onto the body, bringing the body into alignment with ideas of immortality, immutability, and the divine. So it's about the chakras and the tantras. And, and while we're on this, before you go on, Joel, I, I actually yeah. have pulled up a, on my on my watch later, it was a, I think it was a Catholic priest and this other guy was a doctor. And they were going into why yoga is demonic and why it can lead you to demonic possession. Now, that could be propaganda, but what he was saying made a lot of sense to me. I'm just gonna- I'm
3: totally with you on that, and I know people that have done yoga. And have ended up going down dark paths. It's kind of a gateway. It's almost like you were talking about the tattoos that you could put on your body like sigils. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people that do these tattoos on purpose too, to create these sigils. They know what they're doing, right? Um, actually, matter of fact, when I was out in uh Utah hunt skinwalkers, we ran across a uh a guy like that. So um, but yeah, <clears throat> back to the Hindu thing. I am really glad you brought the Hindu thing because I got a bunch of stuff about that. Um, in studying and looking at the uh, Samarangada Sutradhara, um, there is a... It, it's, so if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's just like a... It's poetical, right? But it's about architecture. And most of it's pretty cut and dry. It's just about, you know, buildings and regular carts and stuff. But then there's all these pages about this thing called a Vimana. And it is a flying ship, but it's described as a flying palace or chariot, which goes back to the the Merkaba. So I start, and I've been going down this deep dive with Vimanas because this ties into old earth and how I think fallen angels or these entities were moving people in and off the planet. But I'm almost thinking that too, it's some sort of uh, soul ascension Uh, vehicle as well also when I was digging through it they say that to power these vehicles your chakras need to be in line to power these vehicles. So it actually feeds off of your seven chakras being in line, which is even crazier because you're talking about a vehicle. that's taking you off earth onto these other planets and then bringing you back to earth. And there's so much about
1: space is fake and gay, bro. We can't. Yeah. You're kind of, going. I I put us, I don't know if you noticed the background. It's a galaxy. I just put it. I, that's my mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry guys,
2: but I'm still on the whole. You said yoga can cause uh, a possession. You want to watch the video? I was like, look, let's no, I didn't see that. yeah I didn't see it but I I got a question then so if yoga cuz you know I'm re, I was reading a little bit of it a couple of things that people were saying uh that you know it has to do with meditation and things like that then mm-hmm. too right then why wouldn't prayer or going to church do the same thing when you're still you know messing with different entities is it like because the priest and the preacher are chosen by god to give you that and if you do it by yourself then you you're not able to learn by yourself, you know, and ascend, you need help, you need a guide, or is it that people want you to go to church and they don't want you to try and find, I'm not saying that you can't open yourself up to, but I think the same claim could be made for, you know, church or people preaching to each other, because if you're praying, we don't know that the intent behind the person that's praying for you, you know what I mean? So you can still have that same concept. So I think that people kind of like label things so that they can be, you know, guide them into the direction they want them to go
3: as the only practicing Christian on this show right now, I completely <laughs> agree with you. So it, I believe that's absolutely right. I think when you go to these buildings, a lot of them are set up very occultic in in manner. And, and in all honesty, a lot of the people that go there don't know that. Hell, even the preacher probably doesn't even know that. But in a lot of senses, a lot of these places are. And I do believe that there are a lot of people in these preachers or priests or whatever that are in there with – ill intent they know what they're doing they but know even they're if they're not ill of.
2: intent like even if they don't have the ill intent like you said like the occult could have mm. assembled this right yeah. and this is the way that we praise stuff and this is what we read and this is how you do it and that kind of keeps people in line just like we talk about scientists and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know that they, they may not they're gonna tote the company line because of x y and z you know whatever the reasoning may be everyone right. has their own reasoning so i could see that in any of these churches, the same thing could be said, right? And not saying that someone's coming down and like, hey, I'm giving you money. Who knows what the reasoning be? But they're like, don't question it. Just like people used to tell me, they'd be like, man, you can't wear a church a, a hat in church. I'm like, well, why does that lady get to wear a hat in church, man? <laughs> so wait, she could wear a hat in church, but I can't. They're like, yeah, it's a rules because. The, and I'm like, what, well, man? It's so it's dumb. Just like when people tell me about cussing, they're like, can't fucking cuss. I'm like, what? The, what do you mean I can't fucking cuss? Like that makes no sense. They're like, it's against the you know the laws. I'm like, I've never seen that. Not the Bible. even in the Bible. Joel even said and i know he's read the bible way more than i've read it and he's never seen it so i'm like there's all these like traditions that we carry on that like we embed into Mm. this religious stuff too
1: because so and this is my personal view on the church now i believe that the reasoning behind this is because the spirit the religious experience now The experience of ascension now, especially because we're talking about ascension, is brokered now. Now it's you need, Mm -hmm. you can achieve divinity through us. And who's us? The church. You Mm -hmm. go, you come to us and we'll make sure that we pass on and relay the message to God up. the, The Pope talks to him every day. The guy under him talks to him every other day. The guy under him twice a week. Yeah, the guy under him. Every now and again, he'll talk to him, right? But you come to us, you pay us, and we'll make sure that you're okay yeah. with him. Got so, that
2: little check.
1: <laughs> so it's a bro, it's a brokered experience, and that's why the Gnostics were like, Nah, bro, you can do this on your own. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to. You can do whatever you want, and you can still make it to so. And people like that, bro. There's a reasoning. They, 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 are, they're all killed. Okay. And I want to. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but I want to. I want to ring it back into to the one thing I found very interesting because we have this idea of the chariot. We have this idea of the vehicle for the soul. We have vimana. this idea the of the vimana. Yeah. Very. That's an also a very excellent example. But it goes back even to. Something called the Pyramid texts, which were the are the oldest ancient Egyptian funerary texts dating back to the Old Kingdom, and they're the earliest known corpus of ancient Egyptian religious texts, and they are dated to 2400 to 2300 BCE. Now, in this particular book, it talked its spells or utterances of the Pyramid texts were primarily concerned with enabling the transformation of the deceased into ak, and hopefully i'm saying that it's a k h now and that means where those judge worthy could mix with the gods and one of the very interesting things about this was that associated with this thing so is essentially what what happened was when you would die and usually it would only be royalty they were they would prepare your body and only people who could pay to do this would be able to do it. Now, there's a thing called the opening of the mouth ceremony in ancient Egypt. And what essentially it's what it is, is it makes me think of when the Bible says, be be careful of idols that need to be carried. Well, mm-hmm. they would quite literally do a certain ritual with a certain tool where they would open the mouth of the mummy and essentially reanimate the corpse to do what? sometimes to prophesize, be taken over by a different deity or entity. And again, it was only the wealthy that could afford to do this, but it was part of their religious hmm. text. And in this text, it also talks about a sort of chariot, a, a throne of some sort that is being pulled by horses, I believe. I have a highlight here somewhere. But essentially, it's the first one of the first forms of this chariot of this vehicle for the soul that transports you to the land of the gods. And there was also Marcello Ficino, who was in charge of the he was at the forefront of the Neoplatonic revival during the Renaissance, who really dove into this. They were like, hey, does your soul have a vehicle? But then when you get to where you need to go what happens to the car? So these guys are like thinking, <laughs> they're thinking that much deeper into it. It's like, okay, so you get there. Do you, can you travel around with your car? Once again, what color is it? Like they're asking all these questions. Like, bro, I think you're thinking, you're thinking too much into it, but it just makes you see how the, they were thinking, right? How they were looking at things. Uh, uh, and again, it goes back to Plato.
3: I think that's where a lot of, uh, people that misread biblical text a lot of times where they get this idea of angels carry you to heaven, these wheels to carry you to heaven, right? I think that's where they get this idea of that. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think uh, when you go, honestly, I I just don't have the same biblical view on what heaven is anyway. All these like pearly gates and all that stuff. I think it's just another dimensional. I think you're slipping into another dimension at that point. Um, that's just my personal opinion. I don't think it's up, down, whatever. I just think it's in a whole nother whole nother dimensional space. I think eventually like the earth will be reborn. And I think that's, that just comes from revelation in and of itself, but that's a whole different topic. Um, But yeah, I, I, I st- I think it's funny though about the vehicles like where do they go but I mean why why like, first off where did it come from like did it just materialize well, like when you so, die and then Yeah
1: and <laughs> and that's what I think the Platonic solids served a purpose for because Fratino was a, a Plato esotericist so he was all you know balls deep in Plato so he was taking all of Plato's ideas translating his work so I think he took that from there. And that's what I think these ancients were trying to portray with the theory of forms and these different levels of of existence, essentially of reality. They were trying, mm-hmm. bro. I mean, think about it, bro. In the year 200, 300, they're thinking about what is
2: reality? <laughs> like, yeah. What well, is I think that's of? like a common theme throughout like mankind, right? Like mm-hmm. even like the end of the world and what are we? Where are we going? But what, what was weird to me was that when you were talking about the whole mummy thing. I was like, I was like, where is he going with this? He's all, and some of them get the mummies, and I was like, don't say it. But you didn't say it, so it was like, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, um, I was <laughs> like, but and he's all you- only the rich, and I was like, yep, I knew it. <laughs> it to be something like.
1: No, oh, bro, listen, listen, <laughs> don't be doing that, dude. Here, I'm gonna tell you. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to pull it up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to pull it up because, no, it, it, only the rich, right? <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're, you're getting into, Joel, you're getting into, like, Jacob's ladder. You're talking about, yeah. you know, we, we have here, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Genesis 28, 12 through 13. And we have, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other than none other, but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So we've me being a kid, I always thought it was there's a ladder, right? We see it. In, I think mm-hmm. did they show that in Bruce Almighty? Did they show the ladder, right? It's like an escalator. Yeah, so an escalator, escalator. And then when you're up there, it's like there's some. There's going to be an angel. that's going to say you did good or didn't do good, and they're going to send you down. I don't know if you guys ever saw Monkey Bone. You guys ever saw that movie?
3: Oh my no. God, man, yes. <laughs> That don't they movie, do something like know, that? I think you just said something about monkey bug. Where they
1: send him down to hell and he goes all the way down after he got kicked out of heaven or something. I could be wrong on that, but it's it's got to do something with that.
2: I'm trying to find. What, what is it? The Robin Williams, What Dreams May Come Of, right? right. He goes through uh, through hell to go to heaven because his wife died or something like that, right? Which movie is that? I think it's where, What Dreams May Come Of. No, I, I've never seen that movie, dude.
1: I can't find the the ancient Egyptian. But anyways, I'll, I'll look it up here, the opening of the mouth ceremony. Where what was,
2: dreams may come, my bad.
1: Ceremony. So the opening of the mouth ritual, OMR, is essential. Well-
0: nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra
1: low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams
0: of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O oco C-O.
1: Documented component of ancient Egyptian mortuary ceremony. In the scientific literature, we find various references that indicate that parts of this ritual correspond to physically physical opening of the deceased mouse during its mummification. Now, yikes, that's that's crazy because they would literally reanimate these mummies and they some would prophesize and this this goes into a whole deep rabbit hole of the homunculus. You have Baphomet with the head of John the Baptist, where if you have the head of a prophet it prophesizes to you again using it as some sort of Talisman, and I think that this is what these people were doing. I mean, the ceremony involved a, symb- a symbolic animation of a statue or a mummy by magically opening its mouth so that it could breathe and speak. This is why these statues in ancient Egypt would have the noses or their arms cut off because the people who were robbing these tombs believed, "Hey, that's the deity in that in that statue. I need to suffocate it." So. Cut it, mm. t- And some people say, no, it's because they wanted to hide that they were African. OK, that's another theory. But again, it was all done strategically because the people who were robbing it believed 100 percent that that deity was there. And there is evidence of this ritual from Old Kingdom to the Roman period. Special tools were used to perform the ceremony, such as a ritual adds an arm shaped ritual sensor, a spoon blade known as I uh, can't say that word. Ex- Anyways, they had certain tools and the ancient egyptians believed that in order for a person's soul to survive in the afterlife it would need to have food and water the opening of the mouth ritual was thus performed so that the person who died could eat and drink again in the afterlife wow
2: so so beautiful and who's to say because i agree with you like it makes more sense that they're gonna do, like, you know, destruct of the, because people believe stuff like that. If you go to like tribes and stuff, if we go to the rainforest and people have not seen television or like had a lot of experiences besides the people in their tribe. It's you're going to believe that like we would probably believe a lot of that. We wouldn't question some of it because it would be so reinforced. You know, Mm -hmm. there's all types of propaganda. Like it's not just propaganda of like the government of this. There's all types of things that people say and even parents where they think they're trying to protect, you know, like people use like, oh, the boogeyman's going to get you. Cuckoo is going to get you. This guy's going to (laughs) get you know what I mean? All these things that are supposed to scare you straight, right? Everything's always like, hey, we're trying to do what's best for you. And that's, that might be what that is. That that makes perfect sense to me more. Not saying that people wouldn't try to, like, disguise that they were African or not, because I just don't think that was as prevalent as most people think. I think it's more of that, hey, man, if I don't do that, this, this entity is going to get me. Mm-hmm. Hey,
3: but I think you could even tie the uh, Nephilim into these mummies. If you're talking about reanimation, uh, you could be talking about demonic entities that take over these mummies if you're talking about prophesying something prophesying out of them Mm -hmm. or doing whatever else that's necromancy um,
1: essentially is what it is yeah
3: exactly so that's that's what came to my mind uh, uh, initially when you brought that up if we're talking about reanimation because the the spirits of the Nephilim are always looking for a body to possess they Mm -hmm. need that Uh, whereas fallen angels are typically more avatars they will avatar bodies they don't they don't possess but fallen uh, nephilim spirits do so i think that could definitely play into this whole reanimation of mummies for sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah and it's funny you, you bring up because some of these Asc- ascension literature or ascension technology as peter lavendo refers to it also involves Possession, And this is a perfect segue because I did an episode on zombies and it kind of tied into what we're going to be talking about today, what we've been talking about, because we've we've talked about going up to the Godhead, going up into the heavens through whatever a ladder or taking those seven steps or doing something to achieve and align yourself with that Godhead. Well, in some cultures, it's the other way around. The Godhead comes to you. And I guess the topic of zombies really triggers people because I've had reviews about this certain episode. I've had the, I had my comments yesterday going crazy on a clip that I posted, which dude, I was kind of like feeding into it. And then when I was starting to curse at people, I just start I just deleted the comments because like, it got me heated. I'm like, I was was telling people to shut the fuck up. I was like, you're a fucking idiot. So I'm like, I'm going to delete this. So I deleted the cons, but it seems like it it struck a nerve with people, but in, in voodoo, the idea is opening yourself up to these deities Mm -hmm. and this deity will come into you and do its thing. You, you are essentially possessed and, it's a very interesting because it the, the roles are reversed in a way that you're you're opening up yourself as some sort of vessel. And that's why I have respect for the occult, because I do believe that possession. My grandma told me stories about because I've seen miracles happen in front of me. I've seen things happen in front of me while so many years in the church and the stories that my grandma my grandma's hardcore into the church, bro. She's she's taking demons out of people so all the stories that she told me growing up you know that that made an effect on me so when it comes to the occult i do believe that people open themselves up or you can potentially open yourselves up and you were talking about going out hunting the skinwalker and all this that's why i haven't gone joel because they've told me about the hitchhiker effect or whatever it's called where you might bring something home because it attaches itself to you and then when you have ryan Burns, shout out to ryan burns talking about well when you accept something from them they kind of sort of take a little bit from you i'm like
2: i can't yeah but see that's why i don't give them none of me man like that's what i think of it as (laughs) like to me i feel like i can't be possessed man And, and and the reason why is because like i have not allowed myself to get to that like point that i believe you have to be to if possession is real or not, but I have seen some crazy things myself, so I do like tend to believe that. I have respect. Like, lean for towards, it. yeah, that that is something that is something's going on. I don't think it's just someone's crazy because, for instance, um, uh, my uh, boss's cousin's uh kid, right? He went to. He's a good kid, straight eyed kid. Uh, this actually just recently happened before the Michigan State uh, sh- uh state shooting. It was about three weeks before that happened, right? He went over there to Michigan State. He's going to a junior college to go party with some friends. They drove up over there. He came he left his friends, came back, and has been like in a catatonic state since. Like at first, he just like someone knocked at the door when he got back home and he was just like like all scared. He heard the snowplow, got super freaked out, and then he just like took off. They couldn't find him for like hours. They found him. And then he's just in a hospital right now. Um,
3: and nobody knows why.
2: Nobody knows why. They called the friends, um, and they, they called the friends, and they're like, nothing. I mean, could have been something, but it's like, did he take drugs? They say he wasn't really into that, but you could take one thing. But then my, I get the LSD or shrooms, but this long, it's been over three weeks, and he's still like that. So that tends to make me go, you know what? It's probably not drugs. Could he have seen something? Now getting PTSD, like someone said, don't say anything. He's super scared. But then you're in with authorities now. So now we're getting into the realm of like, it did something Attach himself to it. No, so I, I think I do, do see that
3: happening. You can play with fire without knowing it, too, and open yourself up to entities. And I think the new age is a really easy way for people to tap into that without really knowing it because you're just. Oh man, this is going to help me become a better person. This is going to help me, you know, get in tune with my body. And before you know it, like something else is in tune with your body. But but
2: why is that though? Like compared to like I was saying about praying or doing anything. Like, what is the difference between praying and meditation? I can I can that gives you the gives you that like access open. I can shed some light on that for you,
1: Sean. Because one of my again, I'm back. I'm I'm real big on Pythagorean palaces and all that stuff. It all depends on the location of the the architecture itself the architecture itself does serve as a talisman to Mm. augment the experience of the person within that building so when you are in this catholic church or whatever it may be this cathedral it is built in a certain type of way (laughs) (laughs) it's built in a certain type of way to invoke certain energies and vitruvius the vitruvian man he talked about how certain spaces are meant for certain things now occultists, the dark side of occultists, because I think that magic is like the force. You can either use it for good or you can use it for evil. It's all about intention, how you're saying about the practitioner. Now, he talked about, Vitruvius talked about how certain places are used for certain things. The, The energy flows a certain way that gets into feng shui and how your surroundings are structured. Well, occultists, they like to invert that as well so you might have that inversion of the architecture for whatever reason and look at this guy so they they invert this now i think that this guy threw me off yeah there he goes so uh we have narco long jump into the chat <laughs> <laughs> so uh the inversion of this so by you and in- perverting it maybe you're opening it up to other things now it doesn't fully answer your question but it plays into this the the architecture itself the 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 placement on the ley line plays a role you know the, all these energies and then maybe
2: the shapes of everything too because yes. I will say like uh, like out here they have the Masonic uh, theater right and if you look at a lot of these old theaters I do agree that there is a lot of like you could tell I get it for some acoustics as well but when you're at a concert and especially at some of these venues you do feel um, what's it called not like uh, I wouldn't say possessed but you do get these energies. And even when I was going to like, you know, sporting events and stuff, you feel the energy. So it's kind of the same concept, but I guess, so yeah, like, and if it's in a nefarious way, I guess you could get infectious by that. But to me, I believe that like, if you get yourself in a awareness of like who you are and 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 what you're all about, you cannot allow that to happen. Can now, mate? Will you be part of the chant where everybody's screaming? Sure, but that's not going mm. to allow anything to attach itself to me. In my belief, I just don't think for me personally. I'm not. I don't think that. I think it can happen to other people. I just saying it can happen to me. Cause I won't let it. And if that makes sense to
1: add on to, yeah. Cause mindset is a powerful is mind over matter. And to add on to what Joel said earlier, because he talked about how the chakras of this person mm-hmm. power, the Vimana. Well, there's an interesting concept of, and this is, I'm drawing off of seshari's research, which he talked about how a King, a kingship, a ruler, a leader, was an al- during Atlantean times was a alchemical catalyst to its people. Now the use of sacrifices, human sometimes, within these buildings is a real thing in order to power the building or in order to use it yeah. uh, to keep spirits away. Well, if you think about the the sarcophagus in the king, I think it's the king's chamber, or the queen's chamber in the Great Pyramid of Giza. Essentially, these buildings would they, they would use, they would actually use the king's body as some sort of offering or a seed for the people, and this is a whole another conversation. But in this same in this same context, one thing that I found interesting because we've talked about the Egyptians had a sort of chariot, the throne with with wings. You had the Merkabah, right? With the chariot where you ride on, to, on top of it in, in Ezekiel's vision. You had all these different versions of the soul vehicle. Well, in voodoo, you have the spirit possession, right? Because that's, that's essentially what it is. The person being possessed is referred to as a chihuahua horse. The act of possession is called mounting. A horse. So yeah. again, back to this chariot symbolism, yeah, where it's being used as some sort of vehicle. So in this in this way, you are the vehicle for the loa, which is the spirits, the equivalent to angels in Christian Christianity or Catholicism. The Voodoo teaches that the loa can be uh, that can possesses an individual regardless of gender, both male and female. Loa can possess either men or women. Now check this out. This is where it gets interesting. Buddhists believe that during this process, the Loa enters the head of the cha and displaces their goa bon anj. So essentially because their consciousness has been removed from their head during the possession, Buddhists believe that the chual will have no memory of what occurs during the incident. And the length of possession varies often lasting a few hours, but sometimes several days. So they quite literally believe that your consciousness pieces out and this entity does whatever it wants to do with your body. And then you remember nothing of it. So just we're going through the different belief systems of a lot of different religions. Cause essentially I, I believe now I believe with Peter, it is a sort of technology that perhaps needs to be used wisely and, the initiated right if any and and by initiated let me get let me rephrase that followers or practitioners of any religion need to truly know what they're doing before because how you're saying sean when i'm praying at a christian church or i'm doing yoga in a hindu temple what changes Well I mean there's a few things that change But essentially the intention behind everything Right Mm -hmm. and you're still Mm -hmm. doing You know what I'm saying like it's all about intention Set and setting
2: And I think your power too I think that some people Have like uh more power, Like, right, we harnessed ourselves. Like, some people are better athletes, can jump higher, right, can run faster. I think that same thing with the mind, not only learning. Like, a lot of people think of intelligence as, like, oh, he's really smart. He did, like, eight years in college. He became blah, blah, fill in the blank. But to me, I think there's multitudes of intelligence. And part of that, I think, is building up your – not your conscious or your spirit or your soul, whatever you want to call it. I think that there's ways that you can really become in tune with yourself but not like on this like hey uh, you know this whole new age thing. I'm talking about just with yourself because you have to know yourself. And I think that is the journey. And I think some of these, I agree with Joe in a lot of senses that I think some of the new age stuff kind of shifts people and I'm not saying they do it intentionally, but I think that it has this lure that can make you like kind of like, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, kind of go into like these states of where you're able to, right? Like it's almost like you're ascending or you're in this other like maybe dimension or whatever we call it, but then you don't know what side to go on, right? Both people are like, yeah, come over here, man. You're pretty good, man. Just come this way, and then like you don't know the difference between this entity or this entity, but you some of these people want that extra power. I think if you don't want that, it's not going to come to you. Like, I feel like if I got to that level because of me, I'm like, I don't want it, I don't care if it's good, bad, I don't want any of it, right? But I think the people that like kind of let themselves because they want something to attach to themselves because they don't have necessarily the value in their life or not where they want to be, or they feel like they need that extra push. I think that is what a lot of these like possessions and, and spirits that get attached to people, that's where I believe it comes from because I think they don't have the awareness or the fortitude, uh, the toughness to like spiritually you know, wise. I don't know how you would actually describe that, but like to protect your soul. And, and if you
3: can't do that, then your conscious and soul is, is easily manipulated. Well, check this out. When you're talking about churches and how some of these churches are occultic in nature, a lot of that's by design. Um, honestly, something that Christians don't really understand about the Bible, but where they get the word church from in this building structure is actually a Hebrew word called ecclesy. And ecclesies actually just means gathering. And ecclesy could be like going to a concert or a ball game or anything. It doesn't stand for... Uh, going to an actual church gathering the church was always just it could be your family right it could be a gathering of people that you know and i'm listen i'm not saying that going to a church is wrong you know what i mean by any by any stretch because i go from time to time depending on uh if i have time obviously but obviously you have to look into what's your intention what's that
1: I so said you go to yeah. the zoo a lot. Yeah, the zoo oh, church. Yeah, go to the yeah zoo we're a about lot, the zoo dude. church,
3: man. We don't talk, like, ain't talking about none of that like stuff. An animal huh? church. You <laughs> <laughs> go to the zoo a lot. But check this out. So I want to hit the swerve on y'all a little bit. This was something I was kind of waiting to bring up. But there's another religion that really talks about soul vehicles, and it's one that a lot of people laugh off, and they don't want to talk about too much when it comes to it. But Scientology. Is really big Into soul vehicles And people laugh off L. Ron Hubbard Because he was a science fiction novelist But what you don't understand about L. Ron Hubbard is He was very in tune With uh, All of your um, The occult uh, Occultic stuff with um, Hold on I got I
1: Jack got Parsons
3: stuff. Yeah, actually, Crowley He was an avid
1: Crowley fan
3: Very big time with Crowley And uh uh thelema that was really what it tied into with him and the thelemites if you know anything about crowley we don't have to get into all that the book of the law and how he met Iowas, and mm-hmm. she he's you know ayahuas spoke through rose edith and that whole thing in egypt but that's what the basis of Elrond hubbard created from this now when you start breaking into – man, the story's insane, and, and everybody's seen the South Park version of it. But if you really talk about it, you got Xenu, who's the ruler of this galactic confederacy, and he ruled just countless stars and planets, right? But they were about to oust him. So what he does is he takes all of these billions of citizens, he sends them to uh, Tigiak, which is the other word for Earth at the time. So he sends it to Kegiak. He literally takes all these bodies that he sends down there. He ties them around um, all of these uh, volcanoes. And he sends hydrogen bombs down there, blows them up. Well, the souls of all of these disembodied victims go up. And they were called the Thetans. They were actually captured in these vacuum zones called electronic ribbons. And what he did with these souls in these electronic ribbons, he brainwashed them with religion. He brainwashed these Thetans with all of this stuff that were supposedly the knowledges that we know now. He taught to these Thetans. Then the Thetans were released, and the Thetans were able to find these Neanderthalic bodies, and that's kind of what they went into, and this is what created humankind. And this is why When you start ascending through Scientology, you get to the upper levels, you're learning how to release your Thetan, is essentially what you're trying to do in this whole thing. Dude, it's really wild when you start breaking it down as far as tied into the occult, because people laugh it off because of all of the zenu and all that stuff immediately, but when you start digging into... What L. Ron Hubbard created, I feel like there's a lot of truth to it, at least from his angle of what he created. There's a huge occultic uh, undertone, uh, not an undertone. The entire thing's occult. Yeah. I think that yeah, it's all about ascending souls and moving souls on to another place and how to do that this is their version of how they're trying to do that but it's really interesting man and I was you know for years I've heard the stories and I when I started really digging into soul vehicles this somehow popped up and I think it was because I was looking into Crowley and I was looking into L. Hubbard and I was like wait a minute let me read this story really thoroughly again I'm like these souls are ascending and they're getting sucked up into vacuums into these vehicles to then be brainwashed in these vehicles. Like he said, they were taught like all these uh, all these biblical things and ancient Egyptian things like none of this stuff ever happened. Like the Thetans were trained to think this stuff happened. Then the Thetans were released and then they found these bodies and then they moved on to what, where we are now. It's wild, man.
1: Yeah and and one of the things I wanted to bring up too because you're on you're on Crowley well also I have it pulled up here the because we you I think it was you or Sean talked about how they may not be good angels there are some angels but we don't know if they're good per se well the book of Abramelin which is a ritual that Crowley did in order to what in order to get into in touch with your holy guardian angel it, it's about you know doing he did a ritual where you needed to buy a house again back to architecture and it'd be facing a certain type of way with a certain number of windows on a certain the certain side facing east or something like that and it was what on lock, on, on lock. and we have the Loch nest monster on uh, it was on lock nest i believe the house that he had for this particular ritual which he didn't ever finish so the conspiracy is that he actually opened up a portal to another dimension and he let through this monster, which is the Loch Ness Monster. So, mm. again, getting in touch with your holy guardian angel, which is another thing that L. Ron Hubbard talked about as well, about getting in touch with this higher being, your higher self. And initiation plays a, cr- a critical role in all of this because initiation in this view is preparing to die while still alive. The human body is a gateway for the soul to higher planes. And it is for the soul, the only possibility to ascend and finally reach God. So initiation also plays a, a role into a lot of these things. And there's also other beliefs that initiation attaches your soul to a, another sort of deity right? another entity uh, dark or light, whatever you want to refer to it as, but it plays a role into all that. And, but yeah, a very interesting uh, take on that. I did not know that the Scientologists were all about these soul ascension vehicles, Well, yeah, they're, sense.
2: they're real big on like aliens and like, well, they don't call them alien, but you know what I mean? Like what we would, you know, in this community would call aliens and stuff. But I thought it was interesting. Like the aspect of this whole subject of, like, how the occult and religion kind of have, if you think about it, they have this, like, thing that they both do, like, that they represents both of them, which is they're both trying to get to God instead of enjoying life, right? They're both, like, we got to get to this level, like, instead of just, like, hey, let's better ourselves, like, literally just be nice to people and, like, you know, hey, man, it's a great sunny day. But with these hardcore religious and hardcore occultists, like, they have in common is that they both, like, They have to find it right now. Like, hey, this is how you get here. This is the only way you can meet God instead of just allowing life to flow Mm. and let the lessons come through and slowly. And I think now that I'm thinking, and I wasn't thinking this before, but as we're getting to this conversation, it's kind of jumping into my mind. Like what you're saying, Joel, kind of see your point more that like that, that is probably where you're more prone for like doing yoga or, or a new age. It's not necessarily you doing the yoga. It's like not... You're go- you're trying too hard to go to this next level. Like instead of naturally letting yourself progress to ascension where you will be, you're trying to jump steps, like doing a drug, using a performance enhancing drug to like get ahead of the game.
3: Let me tell you something, Sean. So I was actually reading the Bible today, and uh, I was it was in uh, Mark, and this was really interesting. And she brought this up, made me think about it because Jesus had never, never was about that piece of it ever like he was all about community and all of us connecting here on earth it was all about creating a better earth and it's funny so the disciples were eating food right they didn't wash their hands so the pharisees were like oh they're breaking the hebrew laws because they didn't wash their hands and you know they had all these like a million different things you had to do to be perfectly right you had to wash your pots a certain way wash you know certain things a certain way so they of course they run upon jesus and they're like you're telling me that he's gonna do this of course, Jesus like, chopped them down, and he's like, why are you worried about something so trivial? You should be worried more about connecting with me. You should be connecting with God. That's what you should be doing and connecting with your fellow man. That's the most important thing. I think you're right, Sean. I think people are so worried about getting out of here <laughs> instead yeah. of connecting with the people here and growing here because I believe, and this is scripturally for me, that – we're not going to be going to some other place. I, I think the earth is going going to be perfect at some point. I think I, that's what we're moving towards. And I think it's an eventually. And do I think there's going to be an end game? Yes. But I don't think it's the, the end end. It's not, yeah. there's no end to it. So at, I think that's where we're moving towards, and I think that's what Jesus always taught, man. I think that's what he walked and taught. Dude, he hung out with the worst of the worst people, and I think that's why he resonates with me so much is because of how he told us how to act towards others, man. It wasn't about we had to do a million steps to do this and that. You know what he said we could do to talk to him? Just talk. (laughs) I do it while I'm driving down the road sometimes. I'm talking to God, man. It's not. What did you tell me the other day, Sean, when I lost my wallet? You were like, did you pray? No yep. lie, I prayed one, and somebody dropped my wallet off on the front of the house. I lost my wallet somewhere, and somebody dropped it off at the front of my house. Yeah, uh, uh, you, my you know why though, me. right,
1: Joel? Like, what's that? This motherfucker's broke as shit. Let me take this to his house, and then they just <laughs> turn <take laughs> around and they just. <laughs> no, it's because I did a ritual, man. I uh, I folded a hundred
2: dollar bill and I put it underneath my sock. And then I jumped up ten times. Nice. And it, it, it's a little thing that we do, you know. But nice. no lie, like Sean Colby, straight <laughs> yeah. up, he
3: was like, "Hey, man, did you pray?" I was like, "Yeah, dude, I did pray." And it, no lie, was about an hour later when girl hooks me up, she was like, "I went off, I, I went to run errand, I came back, and your wallet was just sitting on the doormat. That's like wild. Somebody dropped it off. It's wild. But at the end of the day, those are just little miracles, right? But at the end of the day, man. It, it's fun for us because we're in this world and we love yeah. to study and, and learn. And that's always going to be there for us. We always want to find out what's behind the behind the behind the behind the veil. That's fun. But at the end of the day, I think we were put on this earth to connect to others and not stress so much about what's going on. It happened at the afterlife and that we need to be doing this, need to be doing that. Like we don't need to be doing that. If anything, all we need to do is connect to God and then connect to others. That should be and, at the base we'll, of what we all do.
2: I want to jump off what you said Because you said connect to God And I think the thing that people forget And you know it's weird Because I'm not a very like I'm not super like into Like I don't know the Bible Back and forth right Like I've read it before a few times I know a little bit Some of the gist of it but the thing that people are forgetting is like, if you want to get to God, it's through humans. We're through you. We're made in his image. Like, so right. if you treat me good, I treat you good like that in turn to me is how we get because people are like, well, why you try to treat people good? I'm like, well, aren't we supposed to like I the studies I took, like um, I believe in Jesus. Do I think that's this and that? I don't know. But all I know is that you can't say nothing bad about Jesus. Right. If you just look at what you're given. To me, that's what you should do. Like easy, like hey, someone's hungry and you have some food, you could share it with them. It's pretty easy. It's not like a complex thing where you're like, I gotta like get my house in the north position, stand up here and with a string and you know what I mean. Wait till the lightning strikes and boom, I got it. Like you know what I mean. That's like and the thing, the reason I'm against the occult is and it's something I have no problem with gay people. I'm just not into the butt stuff. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just not for me. You know what I mean? So, like, so Illuminati, no, thank you. You know what I mean? You guys, you do your thing. No, it's all good, but it's just not for me. It's the butt
3: good. stuff is an ascension technique, by the way. Yes, I know. Is. And Probably. it's supposed to take you to that next level <laughs> I, in contact with those entities themselves. I
1: dubbed it Sodomic time travel. Don't Google that because you're going to get some weird stuff pop up. But listen, <laughs> listen, one of the jokes that I always that I always made was that Christians focus too much on what's coming and not in the present mm-hmm. moment they're focused on preparing for the afterlife and not enjoying this moment that's something that I always said growing up even i mean even in the church and mm-hmm. god god's been coming since i was Eight, seven years old, like oh, he's coming, he's coming real soon. Right now, the times that we're going through right now, especially Mm -hmm. with all the all the things that are going on, people think is the end of times. I don't think we will ever truly know. If anything, I do believe, and for those that don't believe, nukes are real because and nukes are non-binary, by the way. The (laughs) idea, the idea, some people, I think we'd blow ourselves up before we. Saw the end coming You know what I'm saying Like I think we would end it Before we could even reach that end Whatever that is
2: And it wouldn't be the end Because there would still be Somebody somewhere The cockroaches Start all over
1: again Yeah the cockroaches Will survive Yeah there would be people Like there
2: would be humans Like you Mm. know what I mean Like in the Himalayas Or like somewhere off Where nobody Where there is nothing Right And then they would start civilization over again. And now the question is, how would it go? Would they have the same stories that we have? Would they have their own? Would they build it? Would it change over time? Would we keep coming to the same conclusion? Is it inherent for human beings to always think the end is near? You know what I mean? Would Mm -hmm. they end up becoming that as soon as it's, so many more people that are around it because you know how a lot of people believe these big cities that we live in are why we're always at panic Uh, We and Joel were talking about the other day I was saying how I hate when people go oh life is too short I hate that Cause then you're now putting it into our brains that we need to hurry up. We need to speed up. We don't have enough time to to enjoy the 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 great day that's happening today. You gotta get on it. You know, get on the grind, man. You only have a couple more hours like the whole clock and we're stuck in this pattern. That's the matrix to me. The matrix is not necessarily um, you know, a simulation, what a lot of people think. I think the mm-hmm. matrix is these walls we have in our own minds that we need to break through and and, and i'm still fault at that too you know i get stuck in those patterns so i try to reel myself in and try to put it on my time and and which would be god's time because my time is god's time that's how i look at it is because you know we're cool like that you know what i mean we got a little thing going on you know what i mean he's a homie but um people too much want to have everything at the moment like mm-hmm. that like t- like this is going to be and and they're important right when you're Preaching about the end of the world You're important Everybody's watching you Like what is, I forgot that guy's name What was it like 10 years ago That uh, The world was gonna end And all these people Met at this like Somewhere They were all gonna end And watch the You know World together It's gone These, these parents Like I saw a whole thing about it The parents left 20, their kids 2012
3: right in 2012. 2012
2: I believe Yeah And then he tried it again because he was like, all right, I didn't have it. This time yeah, I see the dream, yo, it's no, October. It's October, man, my bad. I saw the dream, it was different. It's dyslexic, like, I just flipped the one and the two. Yeah. yeah, And they're missing out on the moments with their children. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, you know, the children kind of resent them a little bit now. They're not anymore, but like, because they're like, we don't have time for that, man. We only have 10 years left. We only have five years left. That is the problem, I think, with a lot of us in humanity, not just the, empathy, the lack of the empathy, but we have these times set on us like we only have a limited time. And I mm-hmm. get it that we don't know when it's going to end, right? It could be tomorrow. It could be a 100 years from now. But I would rather live in the moment and know that I gave everything in that moment and I enjoyed as much as possible than to like live a 100 years in panic and fear or like, hey, I'm on edge. I, I just don't feel like any creator, whatever people want to label, would want us to go through that. John, I think it is important to like have these like communications and try to reach them, but I don't think it's like, hey, I'm just saying hi.
3: You know John, I mean? he created this world for us. People yeah. forget that. All these people trying to ascend, and they have a d- million different beliefs and all this stuff. They're trying to get off what he gave us to be on. Isn't that the craziest idea ever? Like, yeah. when you think about it, like, it really is. Like, when you break it down that way, and I, I dude, I completely agree with you, man. I'm, I'm 100% on Yeah, your dad
2: built you a, a, you know, a classic car, and you're like, man, I really just like a Honda. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I really like a Toyota. You're like, dude, this is like, dude, I put, like, work into this. I had to order parts. Yeah, it's alright, man. But I would rather really like a Camry. You know what I mean? You're like <laughs> <laughs> So I wanna I wanna
1: wrap it up on my end with the alchemical ascension, which you guys know I'm a big alchemy fan. I talk about alchemy a lot. Well, alchemy also plays a role into ascension because the alchemist Similar to how all these religions are looking for that magnum opus. They're looking to connect with the Godhead. They're looking to reach a level of existence in order to pass on to the next side. While the alchemist was also trying to do what trying to turn lead into gold. Now, one of the, the beautiful thing I love about alchemy is that it's on there's different layers of alchemy. There's the spiritual side. There's the philosophical side. There's the physical side. I'm going to be talking about it however which way you want to take it. But the idea of turning base metals into gold that could be taken symbolically when you turn lead into gold, that could be your own purification. And there's seven different steps to that. So we're talking about becoming better people, living a good life in order to the end, you become gold and you pass on. Well, the alchemist was in his lab tirelessly working. And once he was able to achieve the magnum opus, which some say, I believe it was the the, the creation of the homunculus, but that's another conversation. <laughs> the turning the base metals into gold. Well, when that happened, when that reaction happened and the alchemist was finally able to achieve it, the light from that reaction happening would transform the alchemist's DNA and he was able to step outside of space and time and able to manipulate it. So we go back to the story of Enoch. What happens to Enoch? If you follow the the chronology, What ha- I know some people say the second and third book, he didn't, you know, right? But aside from that, aside from that, we're talking about what
3: happened.
1: I know, I see you, bro. I see it in your eyes. I see you.
3: <laughs>
1: so what happens? He becomes this Overseer, he becomes Metatron. He becomes this entity that is a- the the lesser Yahweh, the little Yahweh, right? The little man who is able to control this reality, essentially. And, Yahweh, yeah, Yahweh, exactly. So this idea even goes into alchemy, bro, with the homunculus and all these different things. And even in alchemy, you have the the Elias Artista, which is <laughs> this Messiah of some sorts that when because you know we talk about talking to god and and some people say that they've seen god and all these different things you know we have moses like god show him his ass like his cheeks or whatever so he's like oh you can't see my face but here see this so but he got his cheeks tight he though. got his cheeks tight there's this <laughs> there's this entity this being that presents himself to you called elias Artista that is this ascended master of some sorts that when you're on the right path, he will come out and peek through the fabric of existence and give you a thumbs up. And he's like, you're on the right track, motherfucker. Keep going. And then he'll just God. peace right back out.
2: <laughs> so again, <laughs> we like scorpion on Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Like the toasty. They just real quick yeah he just, like, he <laughs> just <laughs> spreads open the
1: cheeks of reality. He just sticks his head. I was like, you're doing a good job, Sean.
2: Keep up all the... loosen, <laughs> lo- loosen up the cheeks, buddy. Loosen up the cheeks.
1: <laughs> keep keep up Get the a great time. work. Yeah. yeah, keep up the great work. And then you just just close the cheeks back up, and you're like, what? What the? What the fuck was that? <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's alchemy and ascension. Asc- yeah, essentially, is yeah achieving the magnum opus, and you're able to peace out, and you're able to. A lot of these alchemists that they say achieved the magnum opus lived the rest of their lives doing philanthropy, where they would give to the poor because they they were able to turn base metals into gold. So you're they're making a bunch of gold and they're like, hey, we already achieved it. Let's let's give it out to people. But that has a, a darker connotation, which we can talk in on another episode because that's a whole another rabbit hole on its own. But yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that you guys want to add anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Joel. You no,
3: know, I'm good on that. Uh yeah, I you know, I, I like the way you, you spun it into where you did Sean. You know, I wasn't expecting that and I thought that was really good. That was beautiful, Sean. We do we do this a lot where we bring in reality to people as we're talking about things that are very out of the realm of the consciousness, uh, which I think was really good. It was a a lot of groundedness from all three of us here on the show today. And I, and I, and I really liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there is something to the Ascension piece to it. Right. I I think so for sure. I I think there definitely is. Um, you know, I don't know what that exactly means too. And I say all the time, you know, I, I read the Bible and I'm a Christian, but you know, I, I take the Bible, to learn how to treat others and that's really what i use it as the other stuff's just fun to me when i get into nephilim when i get into portal babies when i get into ascension all these other things we will never know until we know Until it gets to that point where we're able to find out we never really know i don't care what adept that's out there what initiate is out there what they've seen what they've done until it's the end, they don't know. They only know what maybe these entities are showing them. But a lot of these entities have a lot of manipulation, too. And we've seen that throughout history. So, yeah, that's my take on it.
1: That was that was beautifully Amen. said. Amen.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I think this was a perfect episode, actually, to start off with this. Because I think it kind of shows our dynamic uh, of our minds coming together. Because I think... We're going to always joke around. We're going to always like, you know, talk about our beliefs, our fun topics. But when it all comes down to is us growing and us growing, maybe people listening, they're able to grow as well, you know, and become what their better version of them is. It's not me telling you, but maybe I we can trigger along the way by having some fun with it, you know, and getting to some topics that are interesting and jump deep dives on anything, but still to always be, like you said, Joe, grounded. And to this, like, hey, you know, we can go off the deep end and talk about homunculus or Nephilim. And I will say that I am going to probably get a counter to see uh, how many times homunculus (laughs) and Nephilim are said on this. You know, we need a little (laughs) bing, (laughs) bing. You're not
1: going to get me, bro. I promise you.
2: (laughs) But I think that is the point of all this, right? Like, is us to still be grounded, have a good time and go through these topics because everybody else is trying to tell you about these topics. Like, this is for sure what it is. Now you got three different perspectives. And nobody's telling each other like, oh, no, you're wrong. Oh, no, it has to be this way. We're just interjecting, playing devil's advocate, Mm -hmm. going like, hey, well, what about this? It's a good example of how conversations should happen on these topics because most of these topics are shadow banned.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, and I enjoyed this great first episode. I promise everybody that the next one will be a little bit more structured because we're just all over. We were in the we we're in the flow, right? We're in the flow. This so We're just going. But hey, you said that, which I knew was going to happen. But mm-hmm. I did mess up because I was like, hey, guys, let's talk about this. And then let's just talk about Ascension altogether. And I'm like, well, there's a whole bunch of different. Yeah. <laughs> myths but of it, was cool.
2: it was it was. That's why I said it was a good introduction, right? Like everybody could kind of you could see where everybody's kind of Uh, Standing And it's good because it's all different positions, but we're still able to come together like, you know, Captain Planet, but we need two more people. (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: guys, I mean, we we can sign off and where people can find us because I know you guys have a podcast. This is going to be a new show is going to be releasing on my feed as well. We've done other episodes that people enjoyed and some people didn't. Right, (laughs) uh, so So you can find me at the one-on-one podcast on all social media platforms the one-on-one podcast.com and on any major podcast platform you can find me on there and
2: where can people find you guys you guys can plug your stuff we didn't do it at the beginning so kill the mockingbirds on all platforms uh podcast platforms kill the mockingbirds podcast on instagram sean chris music on instagram Van tesla music on instagram um and kill the mockingbird telegram and you know if you you know happen to go on one of those apple just give us a five star review a little you know sets up give one and one a little five star review you know what I mean why not it doesn't cost you anything literally yeah and and one thing I want to
1: point out is people if if you have if you want to voice your and this counts for my show and your show too if you want to voice mm-hmm. your concerns don't do it on the reviews do it on an email. Right, yeah, and 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 let us defend ourselves because we people just go and slaughter the reviews and just like <laughs> yeah, this guy's fake and gay, and then it was just like one star. Like, <laughs> no. We're like wait, wait. <laughs> I, I don't
0: have
1: a I don't have a comeback for that sound clip, but I
0: was gonna
1: do something. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, just keep that in mind and go easy on us, give us a five star review, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that was a great first shadow band syndicate what do you guys think good yay, yay. yeah i thought it was great solid it's a episode good, it's
3: a good plat it's a good place to shoot off shoot our rockets into space yeah
1: shoot our loads into space nice yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 well everybody this was fun and we'll catch I'm you i'm gonna
0: give you the whole load today
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man we'll catch you guys on the next one
0: peace y'all next
2: time peace
0: Cuerpo transparente.